Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Why, thank yes. you. Oh, tonight we got them. Goldie, the Sulk, and JC. And it starts right now. Oh, welcome back to another episode of a typical disgusting display podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. What a week. Oh, what a week. What a week. First of all, out there on the front lines. Oof. The you? picket lines. Oh, wait. Wow. First joke of the day. First joke of the day. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to do that, JC. That was real. I, you want to, if you were on Beverly Boulevard between 1015 and 1130, Wow. I was going apey out there. So were still you tired. walking or were you still. like leaning on a wall <laughs> kind of with a Gatorade infusion into your arm? Just trying to survive being outdoors for forty That's minutes. The real first joke of the day right there. Oh, I get double slammed. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know what you all are talking about. My if you could see my shoes worn through. Worn through. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, wow, that guy must have been out here a while. Look at him. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so threadbare. Look at that slob. <laughs> He's been clearly walking in a circle every day. Well, um, you did get more positive media coverage than almost anyone for the yes, strike. There was an right. article on Deadline Hollywood. Oh, yeah, did you see right. this, JC? Yes, I did. Deadline Hollywood, for those not in the know, is sort of our... Our local newsletter for those in the business. The business is show business. <laughs> the business There's of no show. Business. So whenever you hear someone say the business, they're excluding you and what you do. From. <laughs> yeah. There's one business, and it's what we do, not what you There's do. There's no business like show. There's, There's something called Deadline, and they reported that one Alec Chamomile Sulkin. <laughs> what does uh, that even mean? Is that my that's your middle name. name isn't I it? love it. I, I thought that was your middle no, name. No, my middle name is Darjeeling. <laughs> <laughs> that you 
face down the AMPTP single-handedly. You yeah. gave up your deal. You said, I will not take your money any longer until this <laughs> action is over. So Don't remind kudos me. to you, sir. Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 yes. Yeah, so what Goldie is referring to is that Seth, uh, Seth, Seth, our Lord and Savior, Seth, Seth, Seth decided very, uh, you know, courageously. McFarlane. Seth McFarlane. <laughs> decided to step away from all of his shows, not only the writing, obviously, but even producer duties. And he uh, urged his showrunners to do the same, which, of course, we said, of course, boss. We were just, we were waiting. To, we and were going to ask you. you fought him tooth and nail. <laughs> yeah, I fought him just tooth. I didn't go all the way to nail. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so... We all stepped away, and it was funny because I remember somebody And then saying, you get the credit, even though it, I stepped away weeks ago. Yes, yes. There was no media swarm around the nope, fact that nothing. I had decided Zero. you pencil down meant pencil down. <laughs> <laughs> there is no difference, by I, the way, between striking and working. Because <laughs> it, nothing ever happens anyway. So, you know, I, someone, I forget who the quote is from, said, Hollywood is the only town where you can die of encouragement. <laughs> it just, it's, everything is always on the that. verge of happening and then never does. It's like <laughs> one giant pre-cum of a town. <laughs> and so when you're like, oh, we're out marching, it's like there's so little difference. The only difference is no one is writing down what we're saying. Yeah. Right. No, that's wow. true. And, and we're walking. <laughs> Which is a huge right. yeah. difference. Right. You're outside. <laughs> uh, but Goldie, you said there was no press about you. I, wasn't there a big article day one, United We Strike? Oh, God. How dare you. <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> taking taking the AMPTP down, you're right, staring him down. I didn't finish the story. Seth encouraged us Sorry. to walk away. And there's not a great ending to the story anyway. Oh. And, we, and we walked away. <laughs> and there was a moment where... Somebody, I forget who, was sort of asking, like, well, should we be putting a, uh, like, a press release together for this? And, of course, me, Mr. Not Savvy, was just like, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's two weeks into the strike. Who the, the hell whole cares? The notion of a press release is so arrogant. It's like, yeah, you're going to want to hear this, media. Yeah. But by the <laughs> way, you, they, they publish this. They did. Like, <laughs> there were literally, Clearly. you know, because I, I like most, you know. Slow self- news year. I know. <laughs> like most self-centered Hollywood people, I have myself on a Google Alerts. So whenever, oh, wow. you know, there's some story <laughs> that mentions me, I get an email about it. There must have been like 30 or 40 stories that's like, Seth MacFarlane and friends, step away from all <laughs> duties, you know? It yeah. was, they got so much press coverage and it was weird because... Get, Does yeah. anyone know this man who stepped away from his job? Please call our hotline. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. What's so interesting is that it definitely seemed like someone on the inside gave the information because there's all this information that only somebody on the shows know. Yeah, that was in that, that press like- Doodle <laughs> jump movie on hold as Scribe <laughs> takes up picket sign. <laughs> scribe. I was trying to think of something scribe. you'd be working on. <laughs> Doodle jump. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Doodle jump was that iPhone game from maybe oh, yes. 14 right. years ago that's where right. you just, it was a little wow. guy on a trampoline. That's that that's, that's what you were working Hilarious. on. There will be no progress on the Dude. Doodle jump movie. <laughs> Tetris like- Scribe steps aside. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. Kevin Hart so, plays Doodle, <laughs> and The Rock is Jump. Uh, yeah, so you know, we walked away. There were all these articles about it, and and David Goodman, who I hope still listenings, I hope is is very happy because I know he moving wanted on. That. <laughs> no, you don't want to move on. You want to talk about it. Um, so yeah, that all happened, and as I mentioned, the shoes just worn worn yeah. down from striking. <laughs> Um, but but one thing that, you know, in addition to striking, uh, I went to a friend's birthday party, fancy birthday party at the Chateau. Ooh. The Chateau. So someone still has money, even though we're striking. A couple, I mean, a couple bucks. <laughs> yeah. So is this someone I know or just? No, it's, it's not important. No, it is. But okay, so, so I, I, I entered, I, en- I entered into my Uber Accidentally, when I was heading Uber over Black there. or Uber Regular or what? <laughs> Uber Black SUV. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I need a lot still, of. Still, you're not trimming back I'm, yet. I'm five ten. I need all the legroom I can get. Um, but uh, so you know, parties at Chateau Marmont. I accidentally entered into the Uber thing Chateau Marmut, which is a doggy daycare <laughs> no off <way>. Beverly. <laughs> That's and so, like, of course, you don't, when you're in an Uber, you're looking at your phone. And so suddenly the guy's like, okay, here Whisk we are. me there at 9 p.m. <laughs> I know. And I did notice that on the, like, the ETA, I'm like, wow, this is, this is going to get there fast. This must be a good route this guy has. Then, so I'm sitting outside doggy daycare off of Beverly, and I'm like, I think I entered it wrong. I make it up to the party, fashionably late now, work to my yes. advantage. <laughs> Um, I walk in, I see, uh, our Lord and Savior, Seth, Seth, <laughs> and, uh, also at the party was Dana Walden. And now some of you out there listening, uh, just shook with fear and others will say, <laughs> I don't know who that is. Right. Well, Dana Walden is essentially the most powerful woman in the United States. I would say <laughs> she is one of the five most powerful people in Hollywood. She has been my like overboss because she's set my boss Seth she she's his boss okay. and she's been absolutely a joy and fantastic to work with every wow. moment of my career i always love seeing her she's so nice and smart and just easy to talk to so i walk into this party but seeing her it's like it's like you're <laughs> seeing literally like a disney princess like you walk into the room and you're like oh my god it's belle <gasps> she's here she's here can you believe she's here so I walk in and I'm like gonna go say hi to Seth because he's talking. Yeah, can I can I just briefly yeah. point out sure. there there are certain people who you meet in your life and you, and you're like, why are they in charge? Uh, yes, she is not one of those people. No, the, oh, the second so cool. you meet her, you go, of course this is person's in charge, and then you lose all the feelings of I should be in charge because you will. Well, I can't do that. Yes, <laughs> so well said. Oh, that's so cool. That's so well that. said. That's perfect. Like you go, oh, thank God, she's in charge. And, and not me. <laughs> and by the way, Goldie, do you know why you're going to be even extra happier that you just said that unprompted? Because the first thing out of her mouth when I saw her was, I love your podcast. Oh, I could not believe oh, it. And oh she actually God. had a little, I was so excited in the moment that my brain started flooding with whatever dopamine or, and she threw out a recent quote like a specific quote from the show and i was like holy shit she does it proved from me or from you or from jc (laughs) it was from jc it was from no i don't i don't remember what it was maybe it was a bit oh nice job yeah i know well i was so excited and i just couldn't hide it so she you know i'm i'm in a daze the rest of the evening about with this information 
I'm just yeah. really I'm, and now I'm hearing it. I'm a little scared at all the stuff I've said. <laughs> and she good. is also my overboss and, <laughs> and that she could pick any one of them and just go yeah. like we don't need him. Yeah. It's moment when when I it see literally her- could be her her just going like eh about me could be like you know, he lives in Idaho now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's, like, it's like the emperor in Namadeus yawning at the, at the oh, show. And like, yes. if he yawns, it's over. We're yes. pulling the show. So, yes, and, and, and you're right. When I talked to you about it, it made me realize how Christopher Moltisanti I am in the pecking order of things. It's like, I got Tony Seth over me, and then they got the New York boss. Was, you know, it's like, I'm so far down. Yeah, you're more like a, a Mikey Paul Meese. <laughs> don't, okay. don't, don't. Don't lump me in Mikey Paul Meese. Come on. Wait, I got one. Just you're nothing. You're nothing. Just, just getting shot in, in a creek bed. What, what's your nothing? This is you're nothing. You're nothing. Seth Myers. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Very well used. So, anyway. This, yeah, and, this... and by the way, is for if you're Mikey Palmisi, I'm, I'm like the, the landscaper who gets his arms broken. <laughs> just, and then still is having to do landscaping for everyone Wait, with my broken hilarious. arms. <laughs> I you love do. That guy. He was in one of your top five lists. Of yeah, the, mine. Yeah. He's so funny. That guy, Job. He just kept getting screwed and kept being made to do lawns for free yeah. with a broken arm. Oh, like my my nightmare is that Dana Walden thinks of me, and then in her head she's like, uh, "Is he somehow in with Bob Chapek because they're both bald?" <laughs> and then just and then I'm just because <laughs> they're both bald. That's great. Because uh, you see, like, a, a bald guy can't be in charge of Disney. They tried it, and it lasted, like, a year. Yeah. They, they were like, ugh. Yeah, that doesn't fit in that corporate No. Image. No. No, you're not, you're not Prince Charming. No. Um, so flooded with enthusiasm hearing this, like, holy shit, I can't believe that. You yeah, know, it's really it's cool. the kind of thing I, I would push Susanna Makos's face no. out of the way okay. to talk okay. to Dana Walden. Why, well, I'm why, just saying. Why? And we Not love me. Susanna. We <laughs> love Susanna's one of our favorite people. Trip, but trip. I would literally palm her face <laughs> and push her aside. And she would understand. She would say, you know what? You were right to do that. Dana was here. So as it happened, I, there's a dinner and I'm seated almost directly across from Dana. Like God, wow. she must have been bummed. She was, I think, she, I could see her face drop a little. <laughs> like looking around the room me. going, wait a second, isn't there? Right. <laughs> this yeah. seems wrong. What A-list actor will I be seated across from? <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> Put on a Jewish face. <laughs> so I'm across from her. And, and you know, as, as dinner's going on, and you two maybe don't understand this, but I'm having a few drinks. <laughs> and sure. and I'm, get, I'm getting loose and, in my mind, charming. Okay. Don't okay. know exactly how it's coming across <laughs> to anyone else, but in my mind, I'm like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm in the zone now. Uh, so any specifics on this or no? No, zero yeah, zone okay. specifics. <laughs> no, I just remember in my mind, I remember in my mind at least thinking that I had made some people around me laugh a few times. So I felt like I'm loose now. So okay, what do I what do? What are you eating, my- by the way? What are you, what are you eating? Uh, there was steak. Okay. There was steak. There was Branzino. Um, they had something really good for an appetizer that everyone was fighting over because there was no hand-passed food to start, which was kind of a huge oversight. Um, I can't remember. It was a delicious appetizer. Okay, so you're across from Dana Walden. So I'm across from Dana Walden, getting loose. 
and so loose, in fact, that I circle the table, come in behind her. What? Oh, and God. have a and have a she turns so we have a conversation I, that I way. I hate this already. I'm so, so yeah, I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I gave her a nice free massage. First. <laughs> Women love that. <laughs> um, so we're talking, and I say, you know, listen, I would be remiss in my duties here if I didn't ask you to come on. Please come on and be a guest on the podcast. And she was incredibly sweet. Couldn't have wanted to do it less and instantly <laughs> asked me how it. how tall's doing <laughs> you know she changed the subject very quickly i mean yes. but goldie you even, so this ties even in. yeah even uh, i don't want to be on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> so why the fuck would she want to be on the podcast it could it could help her career <laughs> but so, well, i i applaud you for asking yeah but i i want to know because that's not the whole story there's a little addendum to this story seated next to me not across mm. from me but next to me was one super writer greg daniels creator oh, wow. of the american office yeah. you know king of the hill like he's mm-hmm. done so many hugely successful things and the i samsons. know how, he was on the simpsons yeah samsons yeah, yeah. samsons <laughs> What's the same? Oh, you're saying it wrong on purpose. I get it. Okay. It took me a minute. Sorry about that. So he's next to me and I'm thinking like, boy, we, on our podcast, we love The Office. Goldie has cried about it. For and day, so, one. On day one. Day one. So again, in loose and in the zone, me thinks like, mm-hmm. I, you know what? We've been having a nice dinner next to each other, getting to know each other. I'm going to ask him to be on the podcast again. So slippery and was instantly like, I've only ever done two of those in my life. Oh, boy. And I've been avoiding uh, my fr- my good friend Conan's for a while. I'm oh, like, wow. okay. I, I back away. I'm, I'm then, now 0 for 2. Do you then turn it. to the waiter panic? <laughs> you want to be on podcast? <laughs> I should have. Say what? <laughs> Hitting your glass with a spoon. Who here at the chateau is a struggling writer. Uh, yeah, so I was over two, but Goldie. Anyone but- else want a zero upside, non opportunity, <laughs> where you can only get in trouble? <laughs> Big upside. Huge. The careers we've launched here. No, I wouldn't. Let Henry that Winkler was nobody before he came on the podcast. Then Weird Al on our podcast. Weird Al. <laughs> we gave him theirs. They started in our room, Goldie. Uh, we, so God bless you for trying. Just for drunkenly real. stumbling around asking VIPs if they want to do you a free favor. Yeah, I know. I know. But so this brought me instantly. I had flashbacks to Scully. If you were listening a week or two ago. You, with Mike oh, Scully, yeah. you heard the whole story of, I asked him to be on the podcast, thank you no, a very polite no. Very, Goldie asks him, and then he's there. Yeah. So then I, th- I'm in my head now, because I, I, I missed on <laughs> Scully. <laughs> striking out left and right. Exactly. I'm like looking at my bat, shaking my head, you know, kind of doing the- You're in a slump. Yeah, <laughs> I'm soon. I'm gonna bust up the dugout phone like Big Poppy. So <laughs> I got to get somebody soon. We'll have Goldie the, the, follow the up. Key to it, yeah, Goldie follow up with Dana. <laughs> you explain to them why it's good for them, not for you. <laughs> but I, I, I told Greg Daniel. I told I, him about you crying <laughs> about the Office. I was uh-huh. like, we love the Office. The, the most negative review this podcast has ever had listed that as the reason. 
Really? On, yes. on app on iTunes, maybe? Oh, well, yes. Like, fuck that idiot. That's not true. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah. I, it was wow. the best. Yeah, that was the yeah, that best. That was great. If, it, get in touch with you. Well, they don't listen anymore, clearly. But yeah. so, I mean, I would, I would have loved to have asked these people on our podcast had I been invited to this party. <laughs> no, you, you, you don't know the guy. Oh, anyway, okay. um, well, it's a guy that narrows yeah, it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was an exciting event, exciting event, yeah. and it was the the headline there is Dana Walden listens. So Dana, here's a test. I if you listen today, send me an email with nothing in it, no mm. headline. Again, nothing. you asking her to do these things. I want to. <laughs> don't why you want to know do that she's busy? <laughs> I gotta remember to send that email with nothing in it to that guy who asked me to do that favor I didn't want to do. Like, what are you doing? I'm. It's just Stop. a test. It's I'm a saving test. you from yourself here. <laughs> okay, Dana, if you listen this far, no, put a Dana, DVD no, in an Dana, envelope. Dana, send Dana, it to my no. PO box. You do not have to. <laughs> Oh well. Anyway, I was excited. But if he could just ask Bob Iger if he's not busy, if he could just sign something for my nephew who loves Mickey Mouse, if you could blow up a a balloon with helium with a postcard on it, and then we will tell you how far it goes. (laughs) And tape an Apple AirPod to it. We can track it. Uh, Anyway, that was a fun event, and it was nice to hear that she listens to the podcast. That is exciting. Thank you. Thank you very much. And now we've talked enough about that. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax. The way car buying should be. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Let's get into the terrible jokes. Let's get in to Johnny Jokes. From Hollywood, here's Johnny. Oh, boy. Wow. A lot up top there. We got Ike Barinholtz coming up yes. next, so stick around for that. But now, <clears throat> let's do some terrible Johnny jokes. Well, did you hear about this? Uh, Jennifer Aniston uh, wore a disguise last week in order to go out and shop for her own new beauty brand. Yeah. Uh, the disguise? A wedding ring. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> got her. Yeah. Okay. One shot, one kill. <laughs> That's the deal. Uh, just to show you, it swings both ways, though. Depression in the United States has reached its highest level in history at one adult in six. Uh, or on some podcasts, that number can be as high as two and three. <laughs> God. All right. 
I'm pointing that at us. One shot, yes, one yes. <laughs> Okay, now we get into the traditional jokes. Dubai, maybe you've heard of them, Dubai. Dubai is planning to build a $5 billion resort inside an 800-foot-tall fake moon. The project will take over five years to complete, so anyone who wants to see a fake moon before then will have to date Kim Kardashian like the rest of us. <laughs> okay. One shot, one kill. I'm taking your joke. One Here's knife, one... Another, like last week, big finish. <laughs> a California man was killed by a passing car while he was attempting to help a family of ducks cross a busy street. You can read all about it in the new children's book, Make Way for Fuckface. Oh, my God. <laughs> Seemed like a nice man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, here we go. Republican Senator Tim Scott has announced he's running for president. Political experts say Scott actually has a chance... As long as Trump doesn't notice he's bald. <laughs> the Wall Street Journal has reported that Jeffrey Epstein blackmailed Bill Gates, threatening to reveal the Microsoft maven had an affair with a Russian bridge player unless Gates donated millions to his charity. Apparently, Gates worried if word of the tryst got out, it could completely destroy his reputation as a giant dork. <laughs> a lot of words. Fumble. Yeah. Uh, too long. Too long. On too long. Well, uh, have you heard of the band The Smiths? Oh, Remember yeah. them? Oh, Remember yeah. them? Yeah. Well, Smiths bassist Andy Rourke died this week. He gone! His bandmates urge fans to celebrate his life with a moment of quiet suicidal despair. Oh, yes. It's true. Yes. It's true. That's okay, a smart I'm going to do this next one as a Norm. Okay. Yeah. Norm. Yeah. Norm MacDonald. Yeah. 81-year-old Martha Stewart is on the cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Those who enjoy it will be even more excited about the centerfold Diane Feinstein. <laughs> I got, I got one more. I got Ooh, one more. Should have wow. ended. Should have ended. But you know me. That was definite good. closer. Yeah. Can't stop himself. <laughs> Yesterday at a Manhattan restaurant, Woody Allen saved his friend's life with the Heimlich maneuver. Oh. Allen said the strangest part was hugging and thrusting against someone who wasn't his child. <laughs> oh my oh. God! Jesus <laughs> Christ. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. She was my adopted stepchild. It's a big difference. There was no... Her last name is Previn, and maybe you've heard of the famous cellist. The nude photos in the tissue box. They came with the tissues. No, no one's denying the nude photos. I'm saying it's, you've taken it out of context. Oh, my God. The context of me fucking my stepchild. Adopted stepchild. You guys have never done this before. This oh, should be a boy. segment. We'll cut all that. Why? Oh. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What terrible Johnny jokes, but by contrast, we are incredibly excited to have our guest today. If you have laughed at any time in the last couple of decades, it's probably been at this guy on The Mindy Project, on Eastbound and Down, uh, in movies like Neighbors and Blockers. He's currently in a hilarious show on HBO called The White House Plumbers. Ladies and friends, please welcome Mr. Ike Barinholds. Ike, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you, friends. Thank you. (laughs) All my friends and my fans. There you go. He knows the lingo. So, Ike, we were were talking a little bit beforehand. Um, You're from Chicago. And That's you right, have that, baby. You, yeah, so you have this, Goldie and I are from the Boston area, and we don't really have Boston accents, but we can turn it on, you know, like that. And I noticed in a lot of your interviews, you have that gear for Chicago, like yeah, you go when, right into it. For me, the, the easiest trigger is getting mad, um, <laughs> especially like when I'm driving, you know, like now you can't, like you used to back in the day. Before yeah. all this cancel culture shit. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but you used to be able to like roll down the window and be like, hey, fucking, what are you doing? Yeah. Yes. Now yeah. you cannot. Now you have to like, windows are up and you can't even like look that mad. But like, yes. I, when I'm swearing like that, I'm like, you dumb motherfucker. Move! <laughs> it's fucking green. <laughs> That's where it really comes out. You snap right back into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and I noticed, so you're a Cubs fan, which yes. instantly, in my, from what little I know of Chicago, and tell me if I'm wrong, Cubs fans are like the fancy people who have done well in their lives. And White Sox fans are like the, the you know, people the just butchers. coming home. Yeah. Com- coming <laughs> They're home working from at the back of the yards, meat plants. They come home and they watch... A Sox then, game. I think that's. I think that is accurate in the sense that you know Wrigley Field is kind of more in like Lincoln Parky, which is like back in the eighties for cancel culture. Yeah, you call these yeah. people yuppies. Amen. Can't say yuppies no more. You can't. Can't we'll protect the class. Yeah. Please it's cut a, that, Goldie. It's, Thank it's you. It's ageist. Yeah. Uh, but I think that is the stereotype, and I think it's pretty true. You know. Sox fans, I think, are a little more resentful of Cubs fans. I grew up, my dad is leans a little more Sox, strangely. So I, I, I'm one of those guys who I, I love the Cubs, but I also really like the Sox. Oh. It's like you got your wife and your goobra. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Italian. <laughs> well, so uh, oh, that's interesting. So you you don't hate Sox fans, you don't hate no. the White Sox. Okay. No, 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 no. I actually love this current White Sox team. Um, my dream would be for the Cubs to play the White Sox in the World Series and like beat them in like I don't know five games, six games. Oh, no, I just that's yeah. they would win. The Cubs would win. I do. I did notice too. In a so few you're just years, too busy for it to go seven. 
I got shit going on, man. I just like what if I have a meeting or I'm shooting something at the time. I don't want to be stressed out. So it's just just five or six games. I noticed in a few of your interviews when you when you do sort of snap into this Chicago guy impersonation, you mentioned one particular ball player a few times and it was really making me laugh. Do you remember who I'm talking about? Like the different the jersey you might own? You kept mentioning Paul Canerco. Oh, Canerco. Oh, my God. The <laughs> ultimate Chicago player. Oh, they go so nuts for him there, Canerco. right? Oh, my God. He hit, like, one of the greatest Grand Slams in the 2005. It was right around the time I met my wife, and she's actually a Sox fan. So right. I was playing up the Sox a lot more. I was like, oh, these guys – this is my life right here. This yeah. is my life. And Canerco is my definitely uh, one of my favorite players on my team. And it's just such a – like, Canerco – <laughs> so like and it, it's all purpose like where do you get where's your favorite pizza place oh canericos <laughs> where did you where do you get your car fixed oh canericos over on Dempster. <laughs> it does work for almost everything and it's it's funny the chicago guys i know also have a weird like they'd have the canerico jerseys and it's like yeah. we love this guy you kidding me great. white guy He's with a name like this yeah <laughs> a white guy of mostly polish descent <laughs> finally ca representation matters <laughs> oh god so you grew up uh, in Chicago, and what what kind of stuff when you were a kid were you laughing at? Like, what made you laugh as a kid? Um, sometimes when the pastor would have a you know particularly funny quote in that week's Bible study. <laughs> right, of course, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, God bless my parents uh, for having, I think, good senses of humor because it was all like early SNL and Mel Brooks and Steve Martin and, you know, uh, yeah, they were, they, they let us watch everything. Eddie Murphy, like trading places is probably the movie that's been seen the most in our house growing up. That's so Um, great. And was that VHS or beta? Uh, We were a VHS family. (laughs) Goddamn proud of it. We still are. My parents still pop in a cassette and, you know, they never signed up for any of the streamers or anything. Uh, um, but no, we were, yeah, we were, we were, I think a comedy forward house. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my parents, we, you know, they, I remember they would come, they would go out at night and come back and be like, we just went to second city. Oh, we saw this guy named Richard kind. He was so funny. Oh, like it was awesome. just like, they were, they, they loved comedy. They still do. And, That's and great. So they're, they're just, yeah, they, they gave that to us. I'm sure you've had occasion to probably run into Richard Kind and tell him about that uh, in your travels. Have have you met him or worked with him? I can say I am now friends with Richard Kind. Yes. Oh, that's wow. Just call me George Clooney because I'm friends with Richard Kind. <laughs> there you go. It doesn't matter. Equally successful, sure. I've I've met him a, a few times throughout the years, and then he was. We did History of the World Part Two, and we brought him in for a bunch of stuff. And he is uh, just yeah, the funniest guy. And I told him that, and he was like, "Don't tell me that. It makes me feel too old oh. that your father saw me when wow. you were a boy." We, <laughs> I don't that's like great impression. Oh, that's an excellent kind. <laughs> thank you. That's thank a, you. I, who very has a kind, kind in their bag. You have Richard oh, Kind yeah. in your bag. I do. You see, Richard you're kind. doing the mouth. You're doing the mouth right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the mouth. <laughs> uh, I do Richard Kind. I do Richard Klein. I do Richard Dry. <laughs> Only Richards. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> Only Richards. It's the name of my Netflix special. Only Richards. <laughs> Mike Barinholtz. Only Richards. Oh, <laughs> uh, when you get down to Richard Widmark, then we're, you know, <laughs> you're committed to the bit. The kind yeah. feels like there's, it's like just left of the Leno. 
Hold on, actually, Jay Leno just walked into my house and bringing me donuts for the strike. Look at this. No, this holy grail. Oh, like a man of the people. What Look a great guy. That. Just pulled up in a fucking 1928 Duesenberg. <laughs> shooting fucking diesel fuel all over my goddamn neighborhood. Thanks, Jay. He never touches any of the Tonight Show money that he Ever. took from Conan. Ever. He doesn't touch any of that. That's in a separate space. I will say the one time I saw him in one of those stupid cars, like I was I was out by Griffith Park and I was I was on a bike ride. And literally before I knew it, I was like waving at him and I was like, hey, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like one second later. But there is something you go, oh, that's Jay Leno and he's in like a Duesenberg. Yeah. And you get like a part of your brain, the 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 lizard part gets excited. It's like famous person in an open old car. And I was like, I waved at him like a moron. I, I do that all the time with uh famous Los Angelinos. Like I would when I used to see Angeline. I'd like coming next to me. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I don't know what she's getting out of it, but I guess she wants me to. Otherwise, she, she would just drive yeah. like a Toyota Tercel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Drive yeah, a she, pink Corvette. Yeah, I think she's kind of looking, looking. Yeah, for that. she's looking for a little attention. Um. So now you grew up there. You laughed a lot in your house growing up, which is yeah. awesome. I love hearing about Eddie Murphy in any household. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh. Your parents, your parents were cool. They like, were cool. They, they, if they can hear Eddie Murphy going on in the background, yeah. it, like uh, they're they're fine. weren't weren't it, hiding it inside a sock like I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom, my mom's from uh, her family's from like South Central Ohio, real red cities, uh, yeah. the red part of the country. And we would go there a lot for like summers and stuff. And I would bring some of the tapes. And I remember I said to my cousins, I was like, you guys want to watch Trading Places? <laughs> and my aunt, who was incredibly like, like she thought like Annie was problematic. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? no. And she's like, duh, Miss Hannigan with her garter belts. Yeah. Uh, she walks into the scene where Jamie Lee Curtis like takes her dress off and gets oh, in the no, bed no. with Dan Aykroyd. Yep, remember And well. she went like, I remember she just walked through and went, oh, huh, like, I think she was being burned with flames or something. <laughs> Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Uh, I love that you were the purveyor across state lines of that smut. <laughs> yeah, well, I went to jail for two years for it. <laughs> yeah. Pretty serious down there. It sounds like your version of Footloose, where you're sent off into the country and you bring trading places. Teach the kids to laugh. Everyone, yeah. jack off! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, dick loose. That's got to be something. Dick loose! <laughs> dick loose! That can be folded into the Richards. Yeah. 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 Dick. Time permitting, dick loose. <laughs> All right. Well, so we're working on that together. Good thing we have the same that agent. That was who created who on the pod. I get yeah. it. I know, yeah, I, know, I, know, I know the yeah. deal. I know the deal. <laughs> but no, but we're locked in with Matt Rice. We've never been I, Hey, more man. Happy. He, Hi, Matt. he will Matt. make it happen. No joke. Oh, from a whatever's left of the Grateful Dead, he'll make it happen on his phone. <laughs> No man has closed more deals while listening to Sugar Magnolia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, we love you, Matt. We, yeah. love we, you, know, you, yes. we know you're listening today, yes. at least. Yes. Uh, so another thing uh, I noticed in a, a lot of these interviews you've done is your Obama, Obama impression is insane. And I saw you on Jennifer Hudson show. Oh, yes. I, did, I wasn't aware she had a show. She really put you through your paces with that Obama impersonation. She's like, now do him in a mall. Now do him <laughs> taking off in an airplane. And it was like just 
that slow, stilted of a setup. But you were so game. You were so nice. And you're like, did it? Here he is in a mall, folks. I'm in a mall. I'm such a big fan of hers that she is someone I will call and demand for. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was wonderful. I used to, I used to believe it or not play basketball with him back in, yeah, back in like, uh, God, the the late nineties, you know, uh, there was this big kind of gym in Chicago and friends and I used to go there and they would have two full basketball courts and like at least two or three times a day, they would run five on five for hours. Wow. And we would just go and see this guy. And he was like a state senator or something, you know, whatever he was back then. But right. he was really nice. But my my writing partner, uh, Dave Stassen, one day, uh, Obama like went up and Dave like followed him. And Obama was really pissed. And he like pointed his finger in Dave's face and was like, don't fucking undercut me, kid. Hey, hey, look at me. Don't fucking do that shit. <laughs> so like whenever you would see him throughout the years, like giving an amazing speech that was like so eloquent. And like, you just always think of him being like, hey, motherfucker, try that shit again. Try that fucking shit again, bitch. <laughs> That's great. Oh, my God. I know that's, my that's so impression. funny. Uh, you have a you have a locked in story about the future president of the United States. It's, it's great. pretty good, and yeah. I have that for several more. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. Uh, is a dear friend of mine. Yeah, and, good. Uh, good. God willing, God willing, in twenty thirty two, we're gonna yeah. have some fucking fun for once. Oh, he he listens. He's a fan. We love you, hey, Donnie Jr. He's a friend. <laughs> yeah, we've got. I would watch a documentary about someone who just wanted to hard foul important people. And make <laughs> That's such a great idea. We'd call it close like line. a prank movie where you <laughs> just. Line. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you just you have to get. They all have to be like basketball fans on some level. You have to get them to play the pickup game. Oh, that's gonna God. be the hard part. Hey, man, can you do me a favor? Uh, we're having a pickup game. Can you just watch my plays for one second? We're one short. <laughs> and then it's like Eric Andre walks up and they're like, uh, something's going on. Uh-huh. Oh, God. But yeah, so Obama must make Chicago people feel pretty awesome. They like, that yeah. Might, yeah, that was a great thing for that city. So, okay. We're going loosely chronologically. Here. You guys all in Massachusetts, so you guys have had some great John Adams, John Quincy oh, Adams, the best. Oh, oh, I we Jackson. were already out of ideas after John Adams, and then we were like, and John Quincy Adams is that exactly that anything? Uh, I think it was actually John Adams pretending to be someone else. Yeah. Uh, I'm not John Adams. I'm John Quincy Adams. I'm his long-lost cousin. Totally. Yes, I'm 104, so what of it? Uh, did, you, did you throw in JFK as an afterthought? Was that yeah, I did. I remember he's okay. maybe the more famous one. Yeah, maybe. Oh, and don't, freak, don't, don't sleep on the Duke, Michael Dukakis. Oh, oh. he almost had it. Didn't we? He almost, almost got in there. He almost <laughs> he got in there. It's a little before your time. Should yeah. never have gotten in that tank. No, I remember Dukakis. <laughs> oh, good call with the tank. I remember yes. the tank. He got in that tank and he put the helmet on. It was all over after that. Good memory. Do you, do you when you do these impressions, like, do they just come to you or do you, like, labor on them? Oh, God, no. I don't labor over anything. <laughs> <laughs> We're kindred spirits. It's kind of a problem. Uh, no, it's more. So you just have an ear. Like, is it a is it a musical thing? I notice a guitar in the back. Is it? Do you have like a pitch for? You guys voices want to bust it out? You guys want to? Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Actually, I don't even play it. It's my old guitar that when I quit in like twelve uh, when I was twelve, my mom's like, "Do you want this?" I was like, "Yeah." Uh, and it's no, a classical it's more, too. It's not. Well, even yeah. A I mean, yeah. like the best guitar players. Some say Hendrix. <laughs> 
Some say, you know, Townsend. It's yeah, it's Andres Segovia. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, Good name drop. I think though it's just more like hearing it and just doing it. And uh, the reality is, a lot of the times I do an impression, it doesn't work. But it's just kind of in the moment, kind of trying to ape what they sound like a little bit. And a lot of times I'll do one at home, and my one of my daughters will be like, "Who is that supposed to be?" <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like that's that's Bob Costas. That's just that's what he is. She's like, no, it didn't sound like him. Like, all right. All right, let's do hear you your fucking Bob Costas. <laughs> it's funny you you say Bob Costas because when I was a page at SNL and Daryl Hammond was there and he was trying to do a Bob Costas and he had an old tape Walkman and he was sitting and listening by the page desk to Bob Costas and trying to do the voice and he's like, there's nothing to grab onto. There's nothing to grab onto. <laughs> now talk about labor. That's a guy that does the work. Like, yeah. wasn't, didn't, he, didn't he do the thing where he was like, I like to listen to, I don't listen to the person. I listen to someone I think they sound like like oh, that was his like that's, that's like crazy that's so cool next level he, yeah, he that's next level. his his impersonations were I, I remember when i when goldie the year we were there and those that crew came in his cast daryl hammond and the new cast will yeah. ferrell and daryl hammond's audition tape had this thing that was just him doing phil donahue who was already yeah. out of the spotlight at that time but his donahue was <laughs> unbelievable oh, like wow. yeah. you could hear gasps in the audience <laughs> i was thinking audition. lately about his um do you remember his geraldo rivera <laughs> <laughs> do you remember yeah. that one god he did that a few times it was so <laughs> good, good yeah so you you put the least effort into it possible which is great that's the way yeah. impressions should be i'm a, i'm a full fan of least effort possible <laughs> yeah listen if you are a proper impressionist yeah you got like you do work because you're gonna do like three shows in vegas you know yeah, yeah. but if you're me and it's just for like a casual lunch with a friend or, or you know what I mean? Like you don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Casual lunch with a friend. Yeah the, the, yeah, the stakes are a little lower in that yeah, scenario. Yeah. What, are they going to leave the lunch? All right, fine. <laughs> I'm going to go back home. Cool. So okay, you're growing up in Chicago. When do you start like performing and realizing that that's something that you wanted to do? It was, you know, I. I, I I was very drawn to politics when I was in Chicago. Uh, uh, I just thought it was looked fun and also like, yeah, you could help people. Um, <laughs> and then I went to college, went to Boston University. Yeah, oh, Terriers. Wow. Go Terriers. Fucking, uh, <laughs> fucking 610 Beacon Street, fucking Miles Standish Hall. <laughs> Get out of town, Zaslov. Fuck off, say, hey, pay your fucking writers. I like to think that. Why do they was... care? That's what I, 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 I was, it was great, but you go like, why do you care what we get paid? Because you think you're all going to be screenwriters? <laughs> Don't turn just, on like, the them, Goldie. It was in Boston. I just imagined like a bunch of like old Boston guys, like Teamsters. You know what? Pay your fucking writers, you cocksucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all like, it's not. It's kids from like Nyack or like right. fucking, yeah. you know. In San Francisco. Oh, uh, uh, but yeah, I went to BU and then I, I wasn't doing well. I wasn't like liking the classes, but I was really just like nonstop watching movies and, and, and shows and tapes of SNL and like Mr. Show had just come out and I was like, oh, obsessed with that. Mr. Show. Love Fucking love Mr. Mr. Show. Show. And uh, so I kind of knew that it was college and politics was not going to happen. So I came back home and I went to go see an improv show at the, you guys remember the Improv Olympic? Yeah. Which is actually back. Yeah. It closed, but now it's back. It was a big Chicago improv theater. 
And they had their, I think, 10th anniversary. And I went to go see that show with my dad. And hmm. it was like the eye-opening event of my life because I was like, oh, God, I love this. And I think I can do it. Uh, and yeah. it, like, like Amy wow. Poehler and McKay yeah. and Chris Farley had shot a thing and sent it in. The, the person who made me laugh the hardest that night was Tim Meadows. Oh, <laughs> it's like yeah. He's just so funny. And he just had these lines that were just... It was like, oh, that's the kind of shit that I say when I'm by myself. <laughs> and so cool. and I signed up for classes like the next day. And oh, cool. You know, you take you take classes for for uh, a couple months, and then if you're not like unbearably bad, right. they'll put you in a small group, um, and then you start performing. And then if you're not too bad, then you can get better groups and stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it was, it was very fun. It was a very fun time to be performing Chicago in the late nineties. was Oof. just like, and was... that was before like wow. everyone was doing, like, I feel like improv classes got so commoditized, you know? When, yes. And this yeah, was, I... you would almost have to seek it out in a way that you don't have to do today. Well, yeah. You know what it was, was it was, um, it, it was this time where it was right before, it was really SNL, I think. Like SNL had a huge, like basically when they hired Tina, I think mm -hmm. like, and like, Will, that generation you're talking about, those people mm -hmm. were all groundlings or or Second City people, I feel like, yeah. or UCB. Yeah. And so I think in that early 90s, or mid 90s to late 90s, it was more like once those people started achieving success, like the people I came up with were like Jack McBrayer and like, mm -hmm. you know, Seth Meyers and stuff. And I think once that generation started kind of finding success, people were like, oh, my God, this is a right. pipeline to it. And it was. So yeah. it it was. Yeah, it was God. definitely a fun time. Audiences must have gone apeshit for Jack McBrayer. That's the, 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 the probably the audience's favorite person. Ever. I know. Like, I like just. Just, I mean, Rachel Dratch was like, she would fucking destroy. Like, they always did that thing at, at the end of Second City shows where like cast members would kind of come out one at a time. Yeah. And you, yeah, which is just like basically like, hey, you guys mind if we do an applause meter after every show? <laughs> and, and Dratch just like fucking destroyed. Oh, but awesome. Jack McBrayer, in terms of just like, and he wouldn't even say things sometimes. You just like walk into a scene with a look on his face and yeah, fucking crowd it. of like drunken Chicago frat boys were like, this guy's amazing. <laughs> How, do you think like anyone will ever capture the magic of that in a more commercial way for TV or film or something? Because it's like people use it like Larry David uses improv or whatever. But I, I feel like no one's captured the, hey, turn in your TV at 830 and we're going to be doing this live show because I've seen magical improv shows like that. Yeah, you know, part of me wonders if it's just too uh, live of a medium, you know. When you see it happening in the moment and there's like just, I don't know, being there and seeing how there's sometimes zero seconds pass between someone saying something and another person like figuring it out. Like, yeah. I don't know, yeah. but I think it could work. I just, you would just need a really good group and, you know, good camera crew to kind of move it around. Now there's yeah. Who's Line, which is, that's more like short form. That's kind games, of like games and stuff. stuff yeah. yeah. I did like Who's Line is it anyway, though. Um, yeah. Those guys are like incredible. Like yeah. They're like incredibly funny guys. My dad always points out, my dad lives in Bellingham, Washington. Every time I go up there, he's like, you know, Ryan Styles lives here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, dad. I, I'm, I remember that. I remember he's that. He's just like shoe bar and crowbarring in like who's lying cast members. Oh, Alec, you're going to Canada. I believe Colin Mockery is from Canada. <laughs> 
You could say hi to him. The other story of Bellingham, Washington, is that Hillary Swank grew up there and apparently vowed she would never return and has now since returned. So my dad loves telling that entire story. Like, she said she'd never be back, but uh, here she is. I don't know that I've ever heard lower stakes than I won't come back to Bellingham ever. And act, like him, act two is over. It's like him tracking every time she's mentioned it. Yeah. Then at the uh, press conference for the core, he yeah. said, I grew up the in this core. small town I'll never return to. <laughs> what a good poll on the core. Oh, my God. And Aaron Eckhart, Hillary's oh. vehicle, I believe. Yes. The only one, sadly. Uh, so, right. We wanted, they were the Hope Crosby. We, that was we, it. We I was shipping it. them for years. Uh, so when you're writing for, I mean, you don't write for improv, but like you have to have some idea of like, I'm good at this character. You have to kind of write for yourself in a way. Doing yeah. That. So how did you how did you do that then? And I and how, I guess how do you do it now? I mean, I think it took it took me a time, you know, to figure out kind of who I am as a like comedic persona. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. remember like when I first started doing improv, like every time I'd go out there, the character was always just like an angry guy. Like, oh, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. you can get laughs like that, but then. You can also ruin scenes like that. You know, I remember there was one point, um, there was a guy named Mick Napier uh, who ran, owned and operated this theater called The Annoyance that's still there. And I remember him being like, basically saying the long version very short, it's just like, loosen the fuck up. Like, don't be afraid to look like a fucking pussy. You know what I mean? Like, like I I, so I, I remember like around that time, him and this guy, Craig Kukowski, just very good advice. And I started kind of opening up a little bit more. And I think once you do kind of figure out like, what are your strengths? You know what I mean? Like, what are, yeah. what are you, what are you like? I am, I think, you know, good at playing kind of like a confident dumbass. You know what I mean? Who's yeah. a little bit of a scumbag. <laughs> and, and I, 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 so once you kind of know that it, it, I always play versions of that character. I think whatever the stakes are, whatever the scene is about, but I think it takes time, right? It takes time for people to figure out, like, how, how can you how can you score? Like, what do yeah. you know you can do? Because there's some people who are, like, fucking, like, just, like, chameleons where they're just always changing. And you're just like, gee, oh, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> right. I can't do that. Yes. Um, uh, so I think once you once you know yourself, uh, I think it helps. In, in Eastbound and Downwards that a character they came to you with or was that something that you developed and that seemed to be a lot of improv i mean it felt by that i mean yeah. it felt like real and natural and in the moment and not super written um is that the case yeah it was i mean it was they obviously danny and john wrote great stuff but very very uh there's a lot of times in my life where i'm just very thankful that i did so much improv because it helps you on set it helps you getting the part it helps you writing i think and I loved that show very, very much. I was obsessed with Danny. Same. And that was the first time I got to say, because I'm not like super aware of actors. I don't, I should be, but I'm not. But that was the first time where I saw you and I was like, I got to go look up who that is. Because oh, that was so hilarious. Cool. And then God, I was like, now I know that guy. Like that's, that's, that was the thing that for me made me aware of who you were, where it was like, who the fuck is that? That's hilarious. <laughs> A lot of people are like, uh, yeah. still are like, I thought you were Russian. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Uh, I love that show. They called and they were like, hey, there's a part of the catcher. 
right? Which was the part that Sudeikis ended up playing. And I was like, this is fucking crazy. Like I never was, <laughs> I wasn't even getting like auditions for shitty things at that point. Like I was yeah. like not getting called in a lot, but Allison Jones, who's like the best casting director, comedy casting director, said, you know, you should see this guy. And I remember like I was about to leave for the audition and my agent's assistant called and was like, hey, they're they are they're out to someone and it's gonna happen. So don't go. And I was like, oh, I was like crestfallen, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then I was I called my agent, I was like, please, is there any other part, anything that they have? And he's like, oh, they have a, another guy, but they're looking for like a Russian guy. It's like, I can do a Russian accent. I'll do a Russian accent. Just, just, just get me in, get me in. <laughs> and so I, I went in and there were like dudes that looked like they were like, I don't know, about to get fucking murked by John Wick in the waiting room, you know, just like giant Balkan men. Uh, uh, and I walked in and Danny was in the audition room with Jody and we started kind of doing the scene, but like right away kind of started just going at each other and riffing and uh, like me making fun of him and him just being like, what, the, man, what the fuck are you talking about? I can't understand what you're fucking saying, dog. <laughs> and uh, it just in the room, it was very like, you could tell it was fun. And I walked out of there being like, that would be great if I got that shit. Yeah. I got to learn to throw. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, dude, dude, Goldie, fuck, dude. I was so, I was more worried about like not, looking like an idiot in front of like 200 extras in Wilmington than I was like other shit. Uh, I was very nervous about that, but, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was fun. So yeah, again, the improv, I think helped me out a lot. And then when we got to shoot the show, it was so, so much fucking improv. They just, they just go to crazy places and yeah. And yeah. It's like the riff zone. You're entering, you're officially entering the riff, the zone. riff zone. Oh, cool. <laughs> Do I need to know somebody to get in there? I'll come with Goldie and see if they let us in. They're not letting a bald guy in. Oh, two guys. Yeah, we better be some chicks. JC, JC, you better come with us. Be the be the. We'll all go together. You'll be my plus threes. Yeah, that's all we wanted. Thank you. Well, you you mentioned something in in that answer uh, about you you were saying you were not getting called in for things, and now explain this to people because. Even, uh, you know, I work in this business of show, as we call it. <laughs> in the town. And still, I feel like you're someone who I have just seen constantly for the last almost 20 years. And offer only. Offer only. Can't uh, get. I've, I've I, looked. Couldn't get you in. Because <laughs> I didn't have an offer. Well, you guys made me an offer for this podcast, which is why I'm here. <laughs> there we go. And I would love to discuss payment at some point. <laughs> yeah, so would we. Do you guys have Venmo? Uh, um, talk, talk to my agent about that. <laughs> we have Venmo. Less. <laughs> wow. Ah, fuck. I just saw the light for a second. That was beautiful. Ven less. I don't have Venmo. I have Ven less. Oh, beautiful. Home run. Touch God, them all. Damn it. Touch them all, baby. Touch them all. You just fucking Canerco, brother. Oh, just Canerco was a fucking hero that again. Was, that was incredible. He put this city on his back. But, but you. <laughs> <laughs> you said that you weren't going in for things, but I, I was seeing you all the time and stuff. So what, no. is, what does that mean for you not getting called in? You weren't getting called in for the things that you really wanted? No, no. I mean, I was, so, I was out here for like just under two years, and then I got on Mad TV. And then I was on Mad TV for five years, and then I was off Mad TV. And in those like three and a half years between Mad TV and Eastbound and Down, I was in barely doing stuff. I did a couple movies that were maybe 
win the Oscar. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I love uh, that answer. And um, I was really existing kind of as a writer at that point because I just no one would hire me. Like I was I'm just so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> I look like shit. I should have fucking stayed acting. I can't stop eating Cheez-Its. Am I ugly or something? What's happening? Uh, but it was, it, it, it saved my life. It really did. Because most of the stuff that I was going out for when I would get called in was bad. You know, it was yeah. like very bad WB sitcoms. You know it, what I mean? It seems like you would be called in. There was this era, and it's, it's hard to articulate but it, it felt like every sitcom bad sitcom had a character called like the dues and it was <laughs> like it was like you me and dupree had somehow influenced stuff to the point where like we need this guy who comes in who's like you know he's he's failed to launch and he's just and it seems like you would be i could see you getting here's the here's reality with the dues is that pre-2008 the dues was like a hot guy then President right. Barack Obama signed into law the ugly character actor comedy uh, bill of we're going to have some freaky looking guys that are going to be in your perverted best friend. And th th honestly, though, like I would lose parts to guys who were like fucking so hot. Like you know, I walk in the waiting room and be like, oh, my God, these guys are all fucking like hot models. Um, and then they started letting in the, the freaks. Uh, yeah, uh, but so for those those that period, it was very tough. I just wasn't getting any looks, and I was just, yeah. My my partner Dave Stass and I were like, all right, we're just gonna write, and we were trying to write anything, literally any. It did not matter how shitty it was. We would be like, we'll write it. <laughs> but when you're starting out, when you're starting out, and you have not really sold anything yet, like, oh my god, we for like sometimes we'll go back through our old emails from like 2000 and like seven and just send them to each other and like one of them was so funny it was to our our manager was like is the scott adams dilbert meeting going to happen or not? <laughs> like we, like he keeps pushing it and we like it was just like you know like so fucking so bad. much invested in that oh my god uh... That's hilarious. All right, so that you you've explained it well what you're talking about when you're yeah. saying you weren't getting called in cuz now it feels like you have a much different situation going on where, you know, you're now up on the billboard, name checked. Here you are, you're here to watch an Ike Barinholtz uh project. What I mean, has that been an interesting change for you? Well, that's going to all change cuz I'm aging out, which okay, is why good. I'm starting a pretty extensive plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> procedure It'll be, just let's just say the strike is coming at a, a good time right. <laughs> when, when that deal is signed you guys are going to see me I'm gonna look like fucking Michael Cimino <laughs> uh, no it's not it's wonderful it's it's you know I, I, to, to be able to uh, you know if you're able to work in things that you actually like in this business that is like you've won a lot of yeah. So, you know, to get to do, you know, a show, get a call. You know, hey, you want to do a White House plumbers? Like, I'm like obsessed with American yes. history and Watergate. And I'm excited to, to talk about this. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm so enjoying this. And and you say that you're into American history and I myself am fascinated with the Watergate yeah. era, uh, especially. Awesome. So it's interesting because and tell me if I'm way off base on this. I feel like HBO kind of fumbled the ball a little bit in terms of promoting this show because this is something that I just didn't see yeah. that much advertising for this. HBO. 
Oh, you mean Max? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Max. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Those yeah, are, no, I that's like, how, that's how old I am. I mean, that's I, I thought those I kids also were chanting, <laughs> publicize your shows. <laughs> publicize your shows. We care about this, too. We Ads on Max. YouTube. Ads <laughs> on YouTube. Yes. When do we want them? Now. I once in a, in a meeting suggested that uh, Fox promote my show before Pornhub clips and that was really, like, <laughs> not received one. Listen, part of me is like, balls. it's brilliant, but there's yeah. also another part of me that's like, some guy just like, so, he just needs to jack off. He's like, fucking show, we're gonna watch this fucking show. They literally asked me, how do you think we could reach young men? And I was like, well, you know, when you watch pornographic videos, there's these clips before, They're and every guy in America will see this. But anyway. Hey man, uh, sorry, I know you're about to board your flight with your kids. I just want you to know, uh, <laughs> Y y young wife fucks friends. I was watching your movie came up and it was fucking fantastic, man. It's a great job on the show. Nice to meet you. Is this your family? Is this your family? Well, congratulations, guys. God. How'd oh. you learn about the show? <laughs> Another satisfied customer. Um, so, White House plumbers. I went into this and I'm a, I eat up everything about Watergate, but I sort of expect, I didn't know. It was a comedy, which is why I was saying I wasn't sure it was publicized that well, because I was like, ooh, this is going to be intriguing. I'm excited Same. to watch. And then a few minutes in, obviously, I'm like, oh, this is they're playing this for laughs. And yeah. it was fucking hysterical. Like, so did you see the script of this? And we're just like, I want to be part of this. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I it was one of those where it's like just hearing who's involved. And I was like, yeah, unless the script is bad, I'm not. I'm going to do it. Like mm -hmm. I know, I've known Pete Hike and Alex Gregory for a long time. Great writers. Dave Mandel is like, you know, kind of a legend. And then it was just knowing it was Woody and Thoreau. I've worked yeah. with Woody before. He's just so much fun. He's so fucking funny. And Thoreau is a guy I've always been a big fan of, but I never really uh, worked with him. He is out Amazing. of control on this fucking show. Like yes. his mustache is real. That mustache is real. Oh like, my it's god! It's getting oiled and brushed on set. It's like, yeah, I love his take. He's his take on Lydia. Is he's a hot guy. Uh, <laughs> but his, you can't like, help that. His fucking performance on this is just—it's crazy. It's out, oh, they're both amazing, but like yeah. the row is just out of control, man. I agree. Just, I agree with you. Fucking thing he does, like the scene when he's like. Pitching me and John Mitchell and yeah. uh, John Dean on all the projects, like in that room that day, it was first of all, it was like it took like I don't know, thirteen hours to shoot most of that scene. Yeah, in in God. a ninety degree room, it's one of those oh. old buildings on the East Coast that they do not have air conditioning, and they're trying yeah. to pump it in, but it's just like all the sweat is real. Like everyone oh. was just like pouring my, <laughs> I could wring my shirt out, oh and I God. couldn't stop watching him. He was just. And incredible yeah um, he was great yeah so you know i don't know i think they wanted you know people to laugh but also wanted because a lot of the family stuff is kind of you know serious and, and so i think they do want to have a balance but it is to me just so funny and and enjoyable and it's oh. just like if it is we've seen the story so many fucking times yeah we've never really seen it as like a comedy like dick i really like the movie dick a lot which is yeah. really mm -hmm. great with dan hadaya and kirsten dunst um but there's uh, there's the headline for our podcast ike baron holtz loves dick <laughs> <laughs> okay keep going we got it we got it 
<laughs> um, Ike Barinholtz likes Dan Hadaya's dick. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Straight face. Even better. Good rewrite. Uh, but these guys, these guys, these guys just, I thought, did such a great job. And it's so funny. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for people to to watch it. But you can only watch it on Max. Oh, God. <laughs> on so Max. how are they, how many, there, there's four out now, right? So maybe there's four, maybe there's two or four more. Okay. So there's like eight. Yeah. yeah. Six Because it seems like Dave Mandel has this thing now with Veep and that, that it's, I wonder like, oh, oh could you do Iran Contra next or something? Mm. Like, get the so same funny. That was my and... first thing I said. I was like, hey guys, Oliver North, we have the same gap in our teeth. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, but I think there's, luckily this country has done so many shitty, stupid things yeah. that there's just, uh, you could <laughs> no fucking way. have a field day. But with the same cast, I'm saying like do another season with just oh, with the repertoire oh, thing and yes. right hey, that's, that's awesome. oh my god everything right. was so i i'm i'm enjoying it so much see, paul see giamatti that. is casper weinberger oh <laughs> love it i am casper weinberger oh when i see this this gang of actors sink their teeth into the teapot dome scandal oh <laughs> 12 parts 12 parts but I was laughing so hard in the first episode because, again, it took me a minute to lock into the tone because I'm like a right. Watergate purist, like, okay, I want the facts, and oh, isn't that shocking? But so it's comedic, and there was one scene where Lena had Hetty, Headley, Headley, yeah, Lena Hetty, 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 actually Lena Hetty, Hetty, is go- Woody Harrelson's wife and Mrs. Hunt. They go out to dinner with the Liddies at the Liddies' oh house. God. And Lena Hetty thinks, okay, this might be my grand in- reintroduction into Washington society <laughs> because the, the hunts have sort of been left behind and like, oh, we're getting invited back in. And in the middle of the, the thing, like G. Gordon Liddy's playing Hitler speeches on the and like you just see Lena Hetty's face, like this is oh. not the return I anticipated. Biggest like, fucking loser. Like, so great. Like, yeah. It is crazy, and all like the, uh, everything in it is true. You know what I mean? They really Wait, did that, their... crazy. I, that's what I was wondering. Is that like that happens? <laughs> yeah, man. Wow. He and the used eggs, to... the eggs hitting when he went out the back porch to chase the kids. I was like <laughs> dying in my bed, dude. Uh, uh, there was also some things like reading it. There's things that you just miss in a script sometimes, like, mm. and then. You're not there for the shooting of a specific scene, but then when you see it, he when he has those like gate adjustment shoes that make him walk, fucking <laughs> weird. I was like, yes. I was like crying. I was like, this is so stupid. I know that was great. Oh, oh man, so G Gordon and Liddy, G Gordon and Liddy. I remember like he had a, like a, a radio show for years, and I remember um, people used to call in. Uh, from the Howard Stern show and like he was doing a broadcast from Israel and it's like I'm G Gordon Liddy I'm here in Kushkatif Israel and we're gonna take a call who's this and it was like crackhead Bob from the Howard Stern show like, yeah. David Bob and he's like Bob I'm having a hard time understanding you <laughs> uh, that's so he was that's the thing with these Watergate guys is like Everybody ultimately wrote a book or was yeah. on a radio show for years and years. So they do have this collection of facts that are, when stitched together, make incredible comedy. Like, I learned a lot from watching White House Plumbers. Like, I did not know 
that it took them eight attempts yeah. to get <laughs> into Watergate. Like, I, I just thought, name. like, okay, they broke in, they got caught. They went in, they got caught. It, it was so many yeah. times. The reticence also, to shatter a window. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Also, true, like, the guys, like, like, Yule and Tony, all the Cubans, like, like in all the president's men, like, you just kind of see them in, like, the lineup in court, really. Yeah. One but of them's like, Uncle you, Junior. One of them is Uncle Junior, yeah. 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 <laughs> He's Muscolito, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, but when you see these guys in person and you realize that they're they're the dumbest fucking guys. The, the guys, they're like rich Cuban guys who like fucked up the Bay of Pigs and are like still mad about it. <laughs> they're just like, oh, this is going to be our chance. <laughs> it's just right. like they're... From top to bottom, dumb. Right, doing um, it for free, like that's also yeah. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's it's a celebration of of idiots, you know. And the White House guys were dumb too. Like, you know what I mean? Like Jeb McGrew is a fucking shithead. He was like a country yeah. club pussy, and like went to went literally went to jail over this shit, and wow. then finds God, and then kept like calling reporters and was like. You know, Nixon knew. Nixon knew. And then, like, <laughs> yeah. a month later, we called him and be like, I, I, I never said that. <laughs> like, uh, it's just like a bunch of fucking. What a disaster. Demons. I know. It's, it's, like it's a- funny seeing it in the context because my dad was older. He was born in 1920 and he fought in World War II. And his rage over Nixon and Watergate, like, when I was growing up, he, he would be like drinking and and yelling about Nixon in like you know 1988, well after, <laughs> well, and then yes. it's so peanuts compared to everything. Like yeah, Trump no. every day was a Watergate. <laughs> yeah, every day, every day. And it's first of all, God bless your fucking dad. That's awesome. Yes, uh, but like you could always tell. Like you're always like part of me was like I understood how scarred boomers were from uh, Nixon. From Kennedy um, to Nixon, yeah, like yeah, the ideal, yeah. I, and then I, I, I always got yeah. it, but part of me is I was like, all right, but it wasn't that bad. And then you have Trump, <laughs> who every day like wakes up and he's like, uh, I'm going to nuclear bomb Rosie O'Donnell today. And you're <laughs> like, oh, fuck, like like the stress and the fucking whatever trauma you have of like having a very dangerous person uh, uh, yeah. in charge is a very real thing. So yes. I get it. Yeah, because when they started to redeem Nixon around the late 80s, I feel like, yes. they started looking at him as a statement. My dad would be like, God damn, Richard Nixon's a warmonger. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, like screaming at me. And it's like, I'm 16. I'm like, sure. Do you want to hear the worst thing Richard Nixon did? Yes. You probably know this. You probably know this. Richard Nixon, in when he was running for president in 68, Johnson was kind of like wanted to end Vietnam and they were having the White House was having very like severe negotiations with the North Vietnamese and Nixon had Kissinger through this uh, back channel intermediary a woman I can't remember her name anyways Kissinger used this woman to talk to the Viet Cong and basically said to them don't take this deal that Johnson is going to offer you because Nixon is going to win that election and we're going to give you a much, much better deal. And then they didn't give it. North Vietnamese said, okay, the deal never happened. Nixon won. The war goes on for like four more years. And then the deal that they ended up ending with was pretty much what LBJ Uh had in 68. So Uh just through like political greed and power, he killed like 800,000 Southeast Asians. Like, it's yeah. like, it is truly like, he yeah. is, your father's right, Goldie. Like, he is yeah. right now, like, Saddam Hussein is like sitting on his fucking face in hell. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind assessment, but I have to agree. There's a an, an audio recording on some Nixon special that I watched that's of LBJ's phone call to Nixon to confront him about exactly what you're talking oh, wow. about. And of course, Nixon denies it. Oh, we, we would never, no, I would never direct it. You know, like he just totally denied it. But yeah. Everybody said after the Nixon Library. I haven't been there since high school, although it's pretty close by. But it's it's fascinating how you know it's just like and here's Nixon's limo. Like it's like what can you really show? There's nothing cool or sexy about this guy. He's such a fucking loser. When he first asked out his wife Pat, you know, back in whenever he was like, she was like, no, you're fucking dorky, and he was like, basically, she would go on dates and he would drive. He would drive. Yeah, fucking driver. That's Whoa, like, like, like that's psychotic. Core man. That's yeah. I still do that for <laughs> my wife. <laughs> it's just courtesy. Luckily, my wife's boyfriend is a great guy. We get along really well. We watch games together. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So that that era is hilarious, and this era we're living in now is terrifying. And so, yeah. tell us how how does is you're uh, working on something or it's probably done now. It's coming out soon called uh, Maximum Truth. Yes. And this is yeah. uh, a mockumentary, I'm told. Yes. And it has a political angle. So tell us a little bit about that and where we can watch it. It does. It does. It is a film that I co-wrote with my partner, Dave Stassen, who directed it. And we have, Dave and I like love losers and we love like grifters <laughs> yeah. and we live in a truly like a golden age of grifters. Like everyone at this point, like late capitalism, people are just trying to get money any way they can. And politics <laughs> is a very good way to get money. And then I will say, I'm not a both sides kind of guy, but both sides I think are just like, how many fucking emails do you get from candidates that are like, I've got bad news. Yeah. <laughs> or like I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you, we're fucked. You know what I mean? Like it's yes. like they're just trying to get money, money, money. Right. And and Dave and I are obsessed with those type of characters. And we we kind of created these two characters who are basically amalgams of lots of different uh of these operators. And they're two guys who are paid to disrupt the the congressional campaign of a of a young guy running for office here in LA. Basically like a like a like a AOC is running for office in, in, in LA and we're paid to kind of disrupt it. And nice. there's these two guys, there's a guy named Jacob Wool and a guy named Jack Berkman, who we definitely were inspired by uh, It's uh, for in some elements, who constantly are out to rat fuck people. Like they yeah. are the wow. children of the children of the, the White House plumbers, yeah. right? <laughs> and it, yes. just like in the movie Multiplicity, as each one gets dumber, They're you know, worse, and worse, worse like yeah. these guys are just so, so stupid. So this whole movie is just us trying to destroy someone's life and in the process, just make our own shitty life so much worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is like, it, to me, it's like, uh, uh, you know, I love like Christopher Guest movies. Like I yes, love watching like just, just get the camera out and shoot. Yeah. And this guy, Dylan O'Brien, I don't know if you know him, he's, he's this young actor and he plays my, my kind of cohort. And it is super fun. It's a perfect way to spend a Friday evening. You have a few beers, you have yeah. a joint or you're sober, you have some Ooh. ice cream. Um, <laughs> and how can you watch it, you ask? Yes, I did. <laughs> I think the best way, I just tell people, just go to wherever you can like, rent movies 
rent or stream movies. Okay. Um, like, I go to, can we even say this shit when there's a Yeah, screen? of course. <laughs> go to, I just think you go to Apple and, yeah. and we'll buy it. it. <laughs> you go to people are gonna be like, I think he said Quibi, but they believe it. We, we can just call it Gojo from Succession. Just you just go to Gojo, Gojo, Gojo. Um, uh, but it will also be in some select theaters in probably uh, you know maybe five or six states. So it's not um, out. Wait, it's not out yet. It's not out yet. It's coming out okay. in like I uh, like three weeks or so. If you follow me on Instagram, I'll definitely show you how you can uh, see this film. Yes. Cool. Awesome. Well, we love Christopher Guest style anything. Oh and God. certainly anything. with political parody <laughs> seems like it's an area they didn't really cover. So that's awesome, you know, because you don't want to do like, here's our dog show take. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah well, we were, we were going to do, we were going to do uh, best in place. Uh, <laughs> but, but here's the deal. Here's the, hold on, hold on, hold on, fucking hold on. It was cats. It was a cat show. Oh, so it was totally a totally different, different idea. Apples, oranges. <laughs> but Christopher Guest and I, I guess, have the same lawyer who told me in no uncertain terms that if I proceed in this project, he will drop me as a client to have that. There's other lawyers. He's <laughs> a shit. Not, not like Jared Levine, baby. <laughs> well, at least you don't share agents. You won't have to do his podcast, which you probably gladly <laughs> do. Um, Ike, you've been more than generous with yes. your time. Oh, gosh. And hilarious. We appreciate Pleasure. that. We, I Thank know you. that you are a busy man. And <laughs> not I these not days. Pick up more of it. All right. Yeah, because strike, strike, strike. Yeah, I'm right? just going to go walk around in a semicircle for three hours let, now. Let me yeah, just say, baby. he's he's been out there. So oh. I've been, I've been out, I've seen talking, you out there. You're talking been. to me, right? Nope. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I'm talking about. He's picketing my, in Cape Cod. He's walking around a little lobster roll place. Yeah, you, there is a place called the Falmouth Production Company near here. Shut it down, <laughs> Alex. Shut it's it got like, down. It's got like a broken shell driveway. I'm like, this isn't, oh, I don't know that this is one of the Stand big out boys. There and scream at them. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, no, we did all we did. Exteriors for wings here. That's it. That's the last one. Look at 1993. Leave me alone. I live here now. I'm an old man. We do Haba shots for Deadliest Catch. That's it. That's all we're doing. Haba B-roll. Um, well, Ike, thank you so much for being here today. You are so funny. We oh love watching you in everything. Yeah. Oh, man. So continue to watch yes. uh, White House Plumbers on so Max. Good. Uh, and Max. Uh, Max. and look out for Maximum Truth next month in select theaters and then coming to a streaming service near you. Maybe it'll be Max. Max. <laughs> Max Truth. Max on Max. Uh, thanks, Ike. Thank you guys Thank so you. much. Pleasure. Okay. Wow. Oh, God, that was so fun with Ike. Yeah, oh, he's hilarious. He was awesome. Uh, but now let's get to a portion of the show we like to call Top 5. Top 5. Oh, we sound good this week. Particularly good. And the topic this week, I believe it was mine, top five movie titles. Yes. Top five movie titles of all time. I'll get us started. Number five, 12 Angry Men. Oh. I think it's a great title. It yeah. really Probably sets up exactly you. what you're in for. <laughs> right. Number four, A Clockwork Orange. Oh, yeah. Mm. I think as a kid... And first seeing the movie, it just seemed like, oh, that's a cool, nonsensical title. But it, it does mean something. In like English, British vernacular, it means something that, oh. two things that don't make sense together. It's like haven't an orange. What, what cut what? Haven't cut it. Oh, you haven't it. seen that? You no. wouldn't like it. Don't watch oh. it. 
you'll hate it and it'll yeah. bother me. Oh, interesting. Number three. <laughs> I've seen it many times. <laughs> me too. Love it. Number three, vocal Glenn. Live and let die. I think live and let die is a great title. Yeah. A little switcheroo. It's sort yes. of United We Fall of movie titles. Live and let die. Live and let die. Goldie's your number quiet. two. Number Goldie's two. So Back to the Future. Oh, that's I think a Back good to one. the Future's great title. Number one, Break Two Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> a title what? that will never leave me. It's, okay. it's pretty good. So uh, I think I'm second now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Number five, Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Yes, I considered it. Yes. It's a good one. Yeah. Number four, Howard the Duck. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I want to know what that is. <laughs> yep, a lot of people I, did. I'm curious. <laughs> duck and his name's Howard. That's weird. Uh, by the same token... Number three, Napoleon Dynamite. What Ooh. is who, what is that? <laughs> I know. And how did it become such a big it sounds movie? cool. I want to know. <laughs> it's a good title for sure. Number two, Wedding Crashers. Yes. Tells you what it, it is. A, a concept you didn't ever think about. You heard it. You knew what it was. And you yeah. wanted to see it executed. Yep. Yes. Number one, best movie title of all time, Psycho. <laughs> yes. Oh wow, this is really good. You said good. that very well. <laughs> well delivered. <laughs> okay, um my top 5 movie titles starting with number 5, Eyes Wide Shut. Good one. Um yes, another That's like United We Fall yeah. though. Come yes, on, man. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, Live and Let Die, United We Fall, Eyes, Eyes Wide, Wide Shut. shut. <laughs> it's still Makes me every time it's there's I'm going to a place that's like a speakeasy or a cool place. I do yes. want to lean in and whisper, Fidelio. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Fidelio. <laughs> also, why was Tom Cruise so shocked to just see people having sex? Like when you look back on it, it was presented as like the most shocking revelations. Right. And then you walk in, it's like, oh, my God, they're, <laughs> they're having sex in the missionary position. It's like. What are you so uptight about? It's not a big deal. It's a family guy cutaway for sure. That's great. <laughs> um, number four, The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. I love that name. I think it just sounds so cool. Um, number three, Requiem for a Dream. It's like, I was always like, it just sounds like a classical piece. Maybe it is yeah. a classical oh, piece. I don't that know, boy, that was a tough one. Dark. Ash to I feel like in the remake, maybe I could get that part. Ash to ass. Number two, There Will Be Blood. Yes. Yes. Great title. <laughs> and my number one is Cool Hand Luke. My really five. great yeah great titles great movies like and the jc topic. what do we what do we have next week next week's topic you i don't know how you'll feel about it but it is top five things that make you cry mm. all right goldie should have an easy week I was I was just hoping you were gonna say things that make you go. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one though. That's Doorbell pretty ring. Good. Who could it be? Things that make you go. What what do you want for dinner? Hmm. <laughs> uh, all right, that'll be fun. So we're doing cry. Cry, yeah. 
Cry, cry, cry. Cry. Excellent. All right, I'm excited for that next week, and I'm even more excited for the end of our show with High Note. Oh, Tom and Max. I swear it's getting longer. Um, I'll go quickly. I, I talked about this another week, but American Idol finished, and your next American Idol is Iam Tongi. He's awesome. Okay. He was great him. in the. I haven't seen the entire season. I just saw the auditions, and he yeah. seemed great. Oh, cool. He was awesome, What's and Levy Levy loved him. He's from Hawaii. He has that sort of laid back oh. ukulele style, oh, but he can sing anything and make it sound terrific. We loved him in our house. Levy went batshit crazy when he won, so that oh, was exciting. That's sweet. I remember there was like an early season. There was a Hawaiian woman or girl that was a participant and she got so many votes because I feel like Hawaiians really, really support people from yeah. Hawaii. So that's pretty, pretty cool that someone won it from Hawaii. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. He totally won. He was great. Want to go Goldie? Sure. I just have another book recommendation. I've oh, cool. been reading this book called Frankly, We Did Win This Election oh. by Michael Charles Bender, who's a Wall Street Journal reporter. And it's all the great inside stuff from the Trump administration and all the kind of like bungling and deceit and backstabbing. Very well written. I will endlessly consume every political book about a failed campaign. And this is a great one in that genre. (laughs) Oh, love it. Love it. Okay. Um, And my high note is, I don't know if anybody likes, loves the Foo Fighters, but um, one of Stu's best friends and his wife is one of my best friends, Josh Freeze, is now the new drummer for the Foo Fighters. Whoa, so, nice. Yeah, and it was, they had this big, it was sort of like a rehearsal that they had filmed and, and aired live for the fans to show who the new drummer was. And it out came out Chad Smith and Tommy Lee, you know, sort of making you think that they were the new drummers. Yeah. And then it cuts to Josh and it was, he's just an amazing powerhouse. And so we're very happy for them. And, uh, you know, congratulations to the Foo Fighters. Let me ask though, because yeah. <laughs> Dave Grohl himself plays the drums. One of the so, greatest of all time. And I remember going to Foo Fighters show years ago and, you know, Taylor was playing and then Dave Grohl came yeah. and also played drums. Yeah. Is it, and maybe you can't divulge this, is it a little annoying that you're playing the drums, but then this guy is going to come and go, I also play the drums. And you're like, it's... well, you're not, I mean, either play the drums or play the guitar or sing. Yeah. Like, pick I, one. I... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really intimidating because he yeah, is because he's good. Known, well, he's known to be like maybe one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, of like rock drummers. So I think it's very intimidating, and I think that with Josh, he's also known as that. So I think it was sort of I don't know. It's gonna it's interesting to think of their chemistry with them. But yeah. um, oh boy. Yeah. Well, get headline us, Hollywood, get us good access. Go. Get yeah. us backstage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know Alec will, during the show, run up to them and go, can you guys do the podcast? Do you want to be on the podcast? <laughs> and, and I hope this isn't a bad time, but I've had a bourbon. I'm really feeling it. You want to do a podcast? I'm in the zone. What is this impersonation of me? I sounded like It's when you, you like think you're Edward like, I've had the perfect amount of alcohol, and then you show that. The the director showing the audience be over here like I was wondering if you had a 
do a podcast. I know you're really busy, but we just love to have you. We can talk about whatever you want. Uh, I'm so proud oh of the God. wasp, the waspy mumble of, right. of choirs through it's alcohol. True. Oh, that's encouraging. Uh, I've had the right. perfect amount to drink. you drink with a lot of Why don't you come up and see us sometime? <laughs> Oh, well, that was a fun oh, week this week. Great. Good yep. top five, good high notes, great with Ike, some yes. so-so Johnny jokes, <laughs> and of course, the Dana Walden no- news. Yes. And Dana, if you've listened this long, send me another email with a pound <laughs> sign, and that's it. All right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, two for being awesome, Thank and you. we will talk to you again next week. I got nothing. <laughs> that was fun. And it stops right now. Don't fucking undercut me, kid. Hey, hey, look at me. Don't fucking do that shit.